Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rising Ecosystems podcast, a bi-weekly show that delves into the world of startups, innovation, and the communities that surround them. I'm Alex Owen-Hunt, FDI's Global Markets Editor, and I'm joined by... Me, Jesse Bello-Perez, a tech journalist and editor of Unleash, which is a new media platform covering the future of work. This is the fourth episode in our series exploring emerging entrepreneurial ecosystems across the UK. A few weeks ago, we spoke with UK tech startup legends Eileen Burbage and Eric van der Klage about their work in developing London's tech community, but also to introduce why startup ecosystems matter. In our second episode, we began our tour of UK startup communities, heading to the university town of Cambridge, where we explored the city's recipe for developing its startup community and how it helped to spin out and commercialize some of its research. But in our last episode, we traveled to Leeds, the northern powerhouse city that in recent years has seen growing numbers of startups, scale-ups and investment within its digital tech sector. Here's a snippet from that fascinating conversation. I think one thing the tech sector has, has gone from in Leeds, instead of everyone trying to chase that mythical graduate with two years experience, we have been looking wider. But I would also say that it's a very thoughtful um, ecosystem in that the city's already got a great legacy of supporting its residents um, and particularly those to people who are in difficult to reach communities. In case you missed that episode on Leeds, please do subscribe to the FDI podcast on your preferred platform. It helps us out on our journey and means you'll be notified about more of our content in the future. Also, feel free to share our episodes to make sure more people hear about all the great things happening across the UK startup scene. But in this fourth episode, we're continuing our path north in the UK to explore the ecosystem in Scotland's largest city, Glasgow. So Jesse, what does the data tell us about Glasgow's startup community? According to Bohos, some 42% of companies in the sector are based in Edinburgh and Glasgow is home to 29% of ambitious tech businesses. From 2011 and up until November 2020, Scottish tech companies raised an impressive £1.4 billion. Now, that murmur funding was across a total of 921 funding rounds with an average value of £1.63 million. And it goes without saying that the vast majority of recipients were based in and around Glasgow and Edinburgh. To find out more about Glasgow's burgeoning ecosystem, we spoke with Dr. Olga Kozlova, the Director of Innovation and Industry Engagement at the University of Strathclyde, and Rebecca Pick, founder and CEO at Pick Protection, seven-year-old Glasgow-based company operating in the employee protection market. In our conversation, we cover topics from the collaboration and competition between Glasgow and its nearest city, Edinburgh, some of the hottest tech sectors in the city, and how the pandemic has affected the ecosystem as a whole. But I started our chat by asking Olga to walk us through how Glasgow's ecosystem got to where it is today. This is a really good question because uh, it um, brings me back to where I started my business just about 20 years ago. And when I um, started it, it was a technology biotech company. Um, there wasn't really much support available. You probably could count the number of support mechanisms on one hand. And obviously, uh, since then, there has been huge transformation in terms of the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Scotland. It has grown to one of probably one of the most developed that I have seen, certainly in Europe. And a lot of colleagues that you speak, for example, across England and wider field, 
uh, are very envious of what Scotland has in terms of the support available and the structures and their networking that, that exists. I think the big part of it has been certainly uh, the buy-in from the Scottish Government who set up Scotland Can Do movement in about 2014 and it really has grown into um, a real movement where the ambition is to make Scotland one of the most uh, um, entrepreneurial, innovative nations within the world. And now we have probably over a hundred on the latest counts of support organizations. And certainly that's what you would see in Glasgow, in particularly, I think, the critical role of the universities, but also with the whole entrepreneurial community, for example, Entrepreneurial Scotland is based in Glasgow. And I think I suppose a unique aspect of Glasgow is the development of the innovation districts of which it now has three. Fantastic. That's a beautiful timeline to bring us in today. And Becky, I suppose to, to, to get an experience of someone on the ground today, what do you feel differentiates Glasgow's startup ecosystem? And maybe you can also briefly introduce um, what company you work for and, and, and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Alex. So my company is called Pick Protection and we do employee and loan worker protection, which focuses on the technology around how to keep people safe at work. And I can only absolutely echo what Olga said there about just how many different mechanisms for supporting entrepreneurs that there are available, uh, that there is available in Glasgow. When I set up my business, I really didn't set it up with the aim of thinking, you know, I'm going to create a business here. It was more, I've got an idea and I want to explore if it's possible to bring this product to market. But I got so much help and support from a variety of different organizations and access to some really influential individuals, really kind people that helped that there is just so much that it's 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 so easy to start a business because I think Glasgow just offers so much. Well, that's amazing. I mean, if anyone thinking to start a business should be considering Glasgow in, in that sense. But I suppose to dig deeper into sort of the strength areas of the Glasgow ecosystem, what maybe how it perhaps compares to neighbouring ecosystems such as Edinburgh, but more broadly across the UK, what really makes Glasgow stand out and in which particular digital tech segments are we seeing sort of the most activity? So I suppose I'll start on this one. I think uh, what makes Glasgow special is, first of all, it's a highly um, educated population. There is a lot of talent around, and I think the universities play, as I mentioned before, sort of a critical role. Then the other part is obviously the Glasgow offers um, good facilities and also cost-effective facilities ultimately. And what we also talk about, you know, kind of the, for example, within Glasgow, we have Glasgow City Innovation District, which is located in the city centre of Glasgow. And it's fun that's, uh, um, it is set around the uh, University of Strathclyde, but it's a partnership between the Glasgow City Council, Scottish Enterprise Entrepreneurial Scotland, Chambers of Commerce and the University. The fantastic part of it is that, first of all, it's very close to the train station, has two train stations, fantastic links to the airport, to the motorway, so a very well-connected place. Plus, it's next door to the um, Merchant City, which is a vibrant place with lots of, you know, pubs and restaurants and uh, um, and the sort of shops, maybe not at the moment in the times of pandemic, but certainly very, very vibrant usually. So you have this place which is really good in terms of, you know, work-life play, essentially. And in terms of the key strengths, I think, in Glasgow, it's, it's very interesting because, for example, things like space, 
energy technologies, manufacturing, there is another innovation district close to the airport, which is advanced manufacturing innovation district. Also in terms of fintech and health tech, I think there's quite unique ecosystems in there that bring together sort of academic expertise. There is good group kind of of SMEs in there. There are corporates, you know, Barclays is building a new um, area, sort of uh, a, a new campus really on there. So all of this comes together and with the buying of the city really develops quite a unique proposition. I think if I can add to Olga's answer as well, so absolutely in terms of it is a hub of talent, it's a hub of all the universities, your Strathclyde. What I also found as well is the slogan for Glasgow is people make Glasgow. And I think they couldn't have nailed it anymore. Like just the people in Glasgow, everybody more than I think anywhere else in the UK, uh, and I'm not from Glasgow, so I'm not biased, uh, but the people are genuinely really, really friendly. And I didn't meet one person along the way that, you know, that I asked for help and they said no. You know, everybody tried their best. If they couldn't help, they would make an introduction to somebody else, which is also a good point that everybody seems to know everybody in Glasgow. It's a very well-connected uh, area. And then kind of filtering through to the sort of startup community, Everybody did, you know, there's always the exception to the rule, but everybody did seem uh, really willing to engage with other startups, help out, you know, pass on that, you know, there's a different competition open to startups or other information, networking events that would help other people. So on that kind of softer side of it, I think Glasgow has got that covered as well. Well, it's great to hear that it's such a close-knit community. And I say this in every episode, but I mean, I'm all up for going up to Glasgow and checking it out myself. <laughs> it seems like after doing this whistle-top store around the UK, I'm going to be ending up I'm doing a lot of traveling across up and down the country and, and further into Scotland. Um, you both said really interesting things around like support, both from government and corporates, but also like from the community itself. But I also wanted to ask you something which I was just thinking about as you were talking, which is, from your perspective, do you think companies or startups, I should say, in Glasgow are being set up with the ambition of going global or is that something that's still lacking in the ecosystem today? Inherently in Scotland, you know, people are very humble, people are very modest and that does show in, in the ambitions of the businesses and I, I think that just is part of, of, of the nature here. And I got a massive shock because as part of one of the um, Scottish enterprise initiatives, they sent a group of startups to MIT uh, on the management development program. And uh, I also had the chance to go to California, to Silicon Valley, again, with another bunch of startups. And we met investors, we met startups over there. And just seeing the absolute difference, and there was a huge difference, you know, a seed round here is anything under 100,000, but a seed round over there is like 2 million. And just the people that they have over there that they can introduce you to. I mean, somebody introduced me in America to uh, the head of health and safety for Uber. And it's just like they just know the right people in these big companies to make things happen. Whereas I think in Scotland, we tend to think a bit smaller because we are a smaller place and we don't have you know, the, the giants here, so to speak. So I think that does affect the, the ambition. And what that was one of the promises that I made myself coming back to Scotland was, I'm going to keep that. That's what I'm going to remember from my trips over there. Keep the ambition because it is possible. Sounds great. I don't know if you've got anything to add, Olga, as well. Yes, well, I certainly think that um, 
we still find the ambition a little bit of a challenge. I think people, what they do is that they look, for example, Scotland doesn't have, or Glasgow, for that case, we don't have a great number of VCs that are based locally. So in that sense, you know, I suppose a lot of the investment is done by the very active, very good business angel networks, which obviously have kind of an upper limit of the investment. So a lot of founders, I suppose, are looking at it very pragmatically to say, we'll adjust our expectations to almost the funding available and i think that's where i was i suppose the next step for for glasgow and for scotland is to develop this kind of this bigger vision we don't have to fundraise purely in scotland we can go to england we can go to the us and you see now i think more and more examples of that emerging but the recently report that was published on by a report by mark logan who was Chief Operating Officer of Skyscanner, which is Scotland's first unicorn, it talks about our ecosystem being on this tipping point in a sense that it still needs that kind of consolidated effort to flourish into something that we see in um, in the Silicon Valley or anywhere else. So I think that's probably the right description of where we are. We still need our founders to raise this ambition. And I think that in general, the perceptions that sort of we need to raise more money, we need to be more ambitious, and we need to kind of embrace this global vision. So I'm very glad you've touched on funding there, and that's clearly one area where there may be room for improvement. You've mentioned ambition, but hey-ho, if that's, if that's the, the general modesty amongst, amongst Scottish entrepreneurs, it is both a, a pro and a con. I mean, you don't overgrow. You don't uh, uh, try to take on too much funding and suddenly find yourself, you've, you've, you've expanded your company too much. So, you know, there's pros and cons to both sides of things. But on, on the point of r room for improvement and areas where perhaps the ecosystem could boost itself a little bit further. I wonder if there's any other areas, um, Becky, that you think Glasgow needs to sort of rise up and take its ecosystem to the next level. For us, we want really high quality developers. We're all about technical excellence. For us, it's been quite hard to attract local developers. And for us, we do want people to be in the same offices. We want to be able to brainstorm with each other. And I appreciate, you know, absolutely in a digital world, you don't need to do that. I think we can see there's... You know, the sort of JP Morgans of the world are able to offer these great grand salaries and we as a startup just can't compete with that. So it is that kind of you know, talent deficit that we would like to, I don't know if there's thing, more things that the government can do to incentivize um, packages with startups, but that for me would be one area I would love to see. Yeah, I think I will. Uh, I will add to this. It's certainly um, sort of comparatively a little bit between Edinburgh and Glasgow. And I suppose in Edinburgh, uh, I suppose they have created a number of, I suppose, events or organisations that's kind of become a beacon, where basically everybody knows if you go to Edinburgh, you need to go to informatics ventures, and you know, sort of that's where you meet a lot of startups. I suppose in Glasgow, the sort of the there isn't such similar kind of hub where you know you could you know as an investor you could come in and you can see it all and i think that's what we are working on i mean and i think everybody recognizes it that that's what we need i suppose a beacon uh, that for investors, it's just easy. It's, it's, it's located in the city center. They can jump over the train and they can just meet, you know, 100 startups. So I think that's the one. The second one is just simply the volume. You know, things like if we just need more startups because as we all know, it's a pipeline and it's kind of goes in, you know, you need to put so many in 
to get, uh, I suppose, a unicorn or a gazelle that's on the, as a stage. And that's, I think, is what we need to work on. Having said that, I mean, you mentioned earlier in our conversation about the Barclays hub that is being set up in Glasgow. The presence of huge corporates and some of maybe their programs that they're offering to startups can also act as a beacon as well, maybe where Glasgow might be lacking in other areas. Maybe you can discuss a little bit more in depth about the role of corporates within the ecosystem. Uh, Olga first, and then Becky, I'd love to hear if you've had any collaboration uh, and and experiences with, with corporates in Glasgow. When corporates do some developments, which are, you know, like Barclays New Campus, it certainly is a huge attraction. And for example, they're setting up an Eagle Lab in Glasgow. And that certainly will, I agree, will be a beacon and it will help to bring technologies, not just in fintech sector, but the generally tech sector together. I think there is a lot, you know, the I mentioned in the past innovation districts and certainly that is something that brings corporates on board. For example, with the advanced manufacturing innovation districts, you have a lot of aerospace companies that take uh, that take space in there, and that creates an ecosystem. And at Strasclyde, what we do very well, we set up industry research centers, which have a number of corporates as members. But we also have a kind of a tier two. Uh, members who come from the SME community and that because corporates are interested in it due to a supply chain. Uh, and for for tier two, it's a huge opportunity to access this tier one um, corporates that they can kind of sell and uh, um, I suppose increase their market share, etc. So I think this is already happening in Glasgow very, very strongly. As I said, there are three innovation districts and uh, I think that would certainly help particularly areas where I think there is a critical mass. I would say fintech is definitely one. I think the other one will be in the manufacturing for sure. I think health health tech is another one just because obviously of the NHS participation and NHS in Scotland obviously is very well connected and is a, a real resource of the development of new technologies. That's fantastic. Thank you for so much detail. I'd like to bring you in, Becky. I mean, what sort of collaboration have you had with corporates and, and what sh- from your experience, what role do you think they play in Glasgow's ecosystem? Yeah, I do think it's an interesting question. And for me, I have to say, two large corporates have had a massive impact on pick protection. And one is the the Unipart group, which isn't based in Glasgow, but their chairman and chief exec is an alumni from Strathclyde. So I was put in contact through the kind of Glasgow network and they've ended up uh, investing in the business, also providing us uh, a route to market through their kind of wide um, customer base. So hugely, hugely influential looking at the ecosystem, I I think I appreciate what Olga's saying with the uh, innovation districts, and maybe they've come on a lot since uh, I was first there. But I do think, you know, definitely speaking from a couple of years ago, there was an imbalance of a lot of support around that kind of ideation stage and, you know, support for really early stage uh, market research, you know, doing your whole business model canvas, that kind of stuff. There was loads and there was lots of organizations that are they're ready to kind of help you test your idea and which is all fantastic but then I think there is a bit of a deficit it feels like you get quite a lot of support in the early stage and then as your business kind of gets to a point where actually you've got a marketable sellable product it's almost like people think well you're there now you've kind of got there and that's where support for me I think slightly dropped and then it does feel like oh gosh well 
why aren't I, I selling more right now? Because I've got my product. But I think if we had not just links with, you know, like the big industries, you know, like it's great if you can sell to a Barclays, but it, in, in reality for a small company to work with a large corporate like that, they're probably not going to be ready to meet their full requirements. So it's just not going to work or it's going to destroy the company by trying to fulfill the requirements of such a large corporate that perhaps I think bridging that gap between all the support of the the sort of early stage and then the great massive support which is fantastic at that kind of higher end of, of you know the larger corporates but bridging it in the middle with like those introductions to smaller companies that startups wouldn't get by themselves bringing in the credibility of you know xy support organization has made the introduction to this startup that they see potential in i think for me is what would really help startups to start building their customer base in the right way Becky makes a fantastic point because it's absolutely true when we're looking at the journey of, of entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial companies, they obviously start and they start as a micro business and then they have their kind of prototype or their first product and then they're looking for this reference customers which are really a majority of them wouldn't be corporates they're looking at this sort of small to medium sized businesses that they could kind of iron out all of their mistakes and kind of think that they don't, don't work. And that's certainly sort of having this ecosystem of almost peer, peer-to-peer -peer support and peer-to-peer -peer kind of customer relations certainly helps them prepare and develop. And that I would say is a vision for, I mean, I know I mentioned innovation district probably too many times, but that's really what we want to create, kind of having this peer community of people who um, kind of are at slightly more advanced stages, they could support each other. We also find that this is probably the best role models for entrepreneurs, because if you will out somebody like a seasoned entrepreneur who's done it all before is on a 10 startup, a lot of star, you know, younger people, probably less experienced, they just go like, I'll never be like that. But if you put in front somebody, for example, like Becky, who is, you know, a few years down the line, they really can relate to it and it gives them this, well, I can do it as well. I totally agree with that. I think sometimes it's all about representation and having empowering people with the tools that they need in order to grow. And it's the knock-on effect, like the domino effect that you touched on, Becky, as well. Like, you know, it's the lack of funding, the lack of access to, well, not lack of access to, but the difficulties when it comes to getting talent and then not getting the introductions that you need with corporates to then go to a VC and say, we've done a pilot with X, Y, or Z, and this is why you should be investing in us. Now, I'm going to do something really naughty, which is probably not going to be appreciated by either of you. But if I look at my reporting of Scotland as a tech hub, right, much of the focus, unfortunately, has been um, centered on Edinburgh because of Skyscanner. Um, and, you know, the celebration of Skyscanner as a UK tech unicorn back in the day um, was integral, I feel, um, for the success of Scotland as a whole. But I just wanted to get your perspective in terms of whether you think that success in, in Edinburgh has actually helped um, raise the profile of Glasgow by association. And also, on a separate note, what the interaction between those two tech hubs is really like. Are they collaborative or are you competitive? I think Skyscanner example helped because it's put Scotland on a map. You know, that certainly is something. And then FanDuel emerging sort of shortly after, you know, that's certainly kind of a lot of investors were like, you know, oh, Scotland, there are things happening in there. And let's be honest, between Edinburgh and Glasgow, it's 45 minutes by train, 40 minutes in a car. You know, it's not that far from each other. I suppose that uh, in terms of collaboration, there is a lot of it that go, you know, 
happening. You know, for example, there is a conference, investment conference, which is called Engage, Invest, Exploit, which is happening in Edinburgh every year. But certainly the companies you meet there will be from all over Scotland. Um, so that's it. Is there a bit of competition between the two cities? Of course. So I think it has a positive effect on Glasgow because, um, you know, we're, you know, kind of we want to do kind of more. And I think that's kind of, but I think it's a, it's a healthy competition. It's a good thing, ultimately. Um, but the thing is, I think I suppose Glasgow is now looking to promote some of the, some of the companies that are being developed uh, in, in the region, I mean, one of the examples is M Squared Laser, which is a laser manufacturing company. Fantastic. The Scottish National Investment Bank, the first investment that they've done was into M Squared. And when you speak to the founder, Graham Malcolm, he's absolutely inspirational in talking that his vision from the company moving from 15 million to 100 million company and go on further. So I think there are. I think Skyscanner was great. It showed what could be done. And I think now a lot more people are actually trying to achieve the same, if not if not go further. Yeah, I think just to add to that, I would absolutely echo what uh, Olga said. There is a bit of competition, but it's, it is good, healthy competition. I mean, you can't knock Edinburgh and you can't take anything away from them. They have got a really, really strong startup scene. But I think, as Olga said, that does benefit Glasgow because a lot of the competitions... Um, like there's Converge, there's Edge, and what Olga said about EIE, where you're up against or you're investing, but you're doing it with you know the best that Scotland has to offer. And a lot of that is is Edinburgh-based startups, and it makes you think, I need to be, you know, I need to be able to compete with these guys. So the fact that they are, they have, put, you know, put the bar really high, I think is good for Glasgow because it means, you know, there's that competition. We don't really want them to beat us. So we, we've we've absolutely got to be there. And on the other hand of it, one of the things that I loved the most about being in these competitions and these events where you're hearing all these amazing other startups and their ideas and, uh, you know, from the founders, their experience and their ambitions, it just really gets the juices flowing. So whether they're a Glasgow company or an Edinburgh company, I think when all the founders get together, it it helps everybody. Everybody feeds off everybody's energy. So there is a kind of a bit of argy-bargy Glasgow, Edinburgh, but it's all friendly and I think it's all really positive. Friendly competition is always good uh, and certainly we, we would advocate for that on the Rising Ecosystems podcast as we're, we're looking across ecosystems across the UK and soon to be global also. But really that, that competition is, is going to only drive ambitious founders further. Now, bringing to the present again, of course, COVID-19 has had a huge impact on ecosystems across the UK and internationally. And I wonder how it's played out in Glasgow. Um, you know, what has been some of the, the spotlight that COVID-19 has brought? Maybe there's been issues of diversity, inclusion, mental health, perhaps, that have been brought to the fore. Just very interested to hear what, what the experiences have been on the ground in the Glasgow ecosystem as a result of the pandemic. Honestly, I don't feel like I've got very much to say to this answer, really, Alex, and, and I wish I did. But if anything, I think it's obviously been a really challenging period of time for a lot of entrepreneurs. And it's either it's gone one way or the other. People have been able to pivot their businesses and take advantage of the new opportunities that have been created from working in a more digital way or you know, people's products are for so far down the line that it's led to issues with customers and sales pipelines moving backwards and you know that's a really difficult place to come back to so I think there has definitely been a bit of a mix and as for the sort of entrepreneurial side of it 
I think things have gone quite quiet. I mean, I know I've got my kind of solid friend base of, you know, that I've met through all these different uh, events and competitions and we just chat on, on WhatsApp, but I, I actually haven't received many invites to events or things like that. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's just because I'm maybe just a bit out of the loop these days. I don't know. But for me, I think it, it maybe has gone quiet, but we're all still in touch with all these digital platforms. WhatsApp's been great. I'm sorry, I don't feel like that's a very good answer. No, that's not a bad answer at all. It's actually a nice positive spin on things. We've heard some really challenging situations in other ecosystems featured in the podcast, such as Leonie Mook, who was mentioning about the challenges of being a working mother, uh, and then also uh, issues of around diversity and inclusion raised in our first episode. So it's good to hear a positive spin on things. I wonder, Olga, how do you feel the pandemic has impacted Glasgow's ecosystem? Well, I certainly think that the impact was uh, or is uh, different depending on what um, kind of sector you are in. Obviously, things like in aerospace and, you know, uh, they're very, very challenging. And uh, certainly the startups targeting space have to pivot uh, quite significantly. Also, we have a number of companies who, for example, are targeting, uh, you know, food and drink, particularly, for example, some of the, um, you know, restaurants, and etc. And that's just not happening. You know, things have definitely slowed down. At the same time, you do see the winners, for example, those offering digital platforms. I would also say uh, life sciences has done remarkably well. I think the emphasis and the amount of investment and interest, we have technologies, for example, related to COVID being offered an investment at the stage that pre-COVID, they would never have even been considered for an investment. So I think this is certainly has accelerated quite significantly. I also want to raise another point, which I think is very relevant for investment, because as you know, everybody says that investment, you know, it has to happen after face-to-face meeting. The investor has to look founder in the eyes and, you know, they need to meet them and kind of the chemistry has to work. But we more and more see investors looking to invest in companies and founders they've never met physically because they weren't able to do. And that slightly removes the physical geographical barriers, which I think is very positive. Similarly, I find that people attending events in the past, they would have to maybe travel to London, clear their diaries for two weeks for a conference. Now they can just log in for a few hours and attend the interesting session. Certainly works for me, and I'm kind of homeschooling to children. So it's it, it works to a certain degree. I think it is challenging. Things are getting to trial. Things take longer. And you just have to accept it. That's why we see a lot of companies having to raise an intermediate round of funding just to keep them going. The furlough scheme has been has, has been good. So I would say, is it hard? Yes, it's got harder. But at the same time, I do think there are some positive, which I hope will stay with us once we emerge out of COVID. Well, here's to um, coming out the other side, looking brighter and, and shinier and, and also healthier. Um, from my perspective, Rebecca, so I am um, the editor of Unleash, which is a media platform covering the future of work. Um, so I also just wanted to hear from you with regards to whether you think the pandemic has actually been of, of help to your business and whether you think it you foresee it being beneficial as people do become much more aware um, about employee experience and also employee engagement. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic because for us, we provide loan worker protection. 
And so who is a loan worker? Well, a loan worker is anybody from, say, a social worker that's working in the community, going out into people's homes. But it's also anybody that works alone without direct supervision, which is somebody that works at home alone, that could have an existing medical condition. And a company's got the exact same responsibility, duty of care to protect all employees. So I can only speak for, for my business, but I can see it's been very much a, a side of two different stories one for the people that were going out like social workers housing officers that just aren't doing it anymore so their risk profiles have really decreased so we're seeing those kind of sectors kind of slowing down on the spending pushing out and then we're also seeing other organizations that have had to change the way that they work either working from home uh, going down to skeleton staff maybe working different shifts night shifts that then urgently need to put something in place to protect these people because of the new risk profiles, the different risk environments. So Touchwood, we, I think, have been uh, you know, one of the, the luckier startups and companies in, in, in this area because we have seen the benefit as well as the sort of downside that comes to it. But it's really interesting to see what now looking ahead, where are we going to go? And we've been having a look at the sort of sector focus and we want to absolutely focus our all our efforts on what's going to give us the you know what's going to move the needle for us what sectors and it kind of is taking a bit of a gamble it feels like because we don't actually know what the world's going to look like in six months time but it'll be really interesting to to see what happens I just want to pick up on one point mentioned earlier. You know, in previous episodes, we've looked at health tech, we've looked at fintech, certainly both areas that have been mentioned in this conversation. But I think what's also interesting is the manufacturing hub that you mentioned towards the start of our conversation, Olga. I wonder maybe you can give us a, a little bit more color about the sort of activity you're seeing in Glasgow in relation to uh, manufacturing technology. Um, so yes, it's, um, it's, it's a good question. I mean, certainly I think manufacturing is something that um, was always, I mean, his, it's historic strengths, I suppose, of Glasgow. And, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you look at sort of historic development of the city, manufacturing certainly in areas was, uh, as I said, a, a continuous strength. Um, what we found is that obviously for a while there was a perception that manufacturing will have, you know, would shift to, you know, to China and other places. But we certainly now are a lot more aware of challenges of the supply chain, for example, with the vaccine development, etc. So when we look at the activities that are happening inside Glasgow, a lot of it is centers obviously around advanced manufacturing innovation district, which is by the airport. It's a big initiative for the Scottish government. And uh, it looks at, uh, uh, for example, establishing of National Manufacturing Institute for Scotland that, that is led from Strathclyde. And what we're looking there is really, again, this creating this collaborative environment where uh, there are big aerospace companies such as Boeing, which is located locally. There is a sort of healthy uh, ecosystem. And I'm picking up, for example, there is a number of space companies in, in located in Glasgow that, for example, make CubeSats, um, et cetera. So there is also a skills academy that is actually enabling people to, um, you know, to develop manufacturing skills in there. And there is also facilities to simply uh, create prototype trial technology so that's really what what we see in there, and I think it's um, it's. I mean, it's a huge. There is next to it is a medical manufacturing 
um, uh, facility, MMIC, which is again is a partnership between uh, the university and CPI. And that's obviously we all understand how important are medical technologies. I think what it gives is that we have such a fantastic R&D base, but the ability to take it further rather than constantly subcontract it to elsewhere, to actually, to actually develop these manufacturing companies and facilities in Scotland, I think will take us to a different level. Certainly, and that's really kind of a perfect segue into a big theme that we are covering in this podcast is the alignment of startup ecosystem development, fostering innovation in local communities, and also trying to attract companies and, and establish supply chains. So I suppose as a final point for our podcast, I wonder how have you seen the development of the startup ecosystem and inward investment attraction align in Glasgow? What helps is clustering. So ultimately, you need to reach a critical mass of our, you know, having startup community, having also those who are, as we discussed, a bit further developed in it, then actually having some academic expertise. And then once you have it, you become attractive, first of all, to other companies to locate. Uh, because what happens is they, they see that there is a talent pipeline. They see that there are other companies located in the area. So it de-risks things. It makes it easier to attract employees because if it's only one, I don't know, fintech company located somewhere, you might not recruit the best people because if that company goes bust, they can't find another job. But you have a number of them. It's kind of ultimately creates this kind of ecosystem. What also helps is having kind of uh, innovation support organizations uh, such as, you know, UK Catapults, uh, you know, Scotland has innovation centers, which kind of help facilitate this dialogue between different companies and companies and universities. So certainly from the perspective of AFDI and Scottish government has recently published a kind of a strategy for foreign direct investment, it becomes an attractive proposition because you can kind of offer it all. And the Scottish government has sort of nine different areas, including kind of energies and uh, life science in there. But we're also looking at things like quantum, which is incredibly exciting. It's where UK leads generally. And this is Technology, I suppose, there isn't a market now, but it's just over the horizon. And there is so much happening in the world that I think you for UK and for Scotland and for Glasgow, we truly can become in that area global leaders if we play our cards right. Certainly. And, and that is seems a perfect place to end. The success of the Glasgow ecosystem is going to continue to attract foreign companies and establish supply chains, broader economic development off the back of the amazing innovation and ambitious entrepreneurs in Glasgow. Rebecca and Olga, thank you so much for joining us on the Rising Ecosystem podcast. It's been a fascinating conversation. I wonder, Becky, if you had any closing thoughts for our listeners uh, to end our conversation. For me, it would just be, if there's anybody listening to this that's thinking about starting a business, absolutely do it. Just go for it. Wherever you are, if you are in Scotland, there's so much support that you can tap into. There are so many people that are willing to help find a mentor, find some support organisations and just start and take the first step. That would, I think, be be my closing point and it would build into uh, Olga's pipeline of, of building that so that we've got plenty to come out of Scotland. And Olga's, any final words? I suppose for me it will be, I, I find entrepreneurs a fascinating group of people uh, because I think they are incredibly inspirational and we need more of them. And if any of them wants to come and locate in Glasgow, we will welcome you with open arms. 
So yeah, that was a really interesting deep dive into Glasgow startup ecosystem. And I have to say, I knew very little about the um, startup fabric in the city coming into it. And I feel like I've walked away learning quite a lot, actually. Um, the things that really stood out to me was first and foremost, of, you know, looking bearing in mind what we've learned from speaking to people in other in other places up and down the UK the challenges that Glasgow's entrepreneurs are kind of facing are very much the same um across every single nascent ecosystem that we've engaged with so far I also thought August's point around clustering and achieving mass scale was really interesting and that's really certainly something that's going to help the ecosystem continue to grow both in the short term but also in the longer term but you know overall it seems like a really energetic ambitious happy, collaborative, and exciting place to be. So I would urge anybody that has um, any kind of funds to be deployed in the space to, to get to Glasgow as soon as possible. And if not, in the meantime, to engage with the key players in the ecosystem, because in this digital world, it's never been easier to connect with, with anybody, right? Absolutely. But I think, you know, there are a few things stood out for me. Rebecca mentioned the inherent modesty of Scottish entrepreneurs. But as you say, there's actually a lot of ambition there. And there are some success stories, both in Edinburgh, but also Glasgow. And that will certainly help the ecosystem boost itself further. You know, as you, you mentioned the clustering point, I think this development of a manufacturing hub, an advanced manufacturing hub, is a clear sign of the Scottish government utilising the innovation and entrepreneurial ecosystem to really attract inward investment and, and create jobs and, and boost economic development in the local area. And again, you know, we focused on Glasgow, but of course, that healthy competition with its neighbouring city, Edinburgh, is certainly going to be an interesting thing to watch. But this is not the end of our journey, Jesse. We've gone up north, and now we're going to come back down south in the UK. In our next episode, we are going to Birmingham. So lots of exciting developments to explore in Birmingham. Anyone who's made it this far in our podcast, thank you so much for joining us on this deep dive through Glasgow's startup ecosystem. Please also do subscribe to the podcast. It means you'll get access to our episodes in the future. Thank you to all those listening, and we'll see you in two weeks' time in Birmingham. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.